and welcome to another Cup of Joe podcast on this, well, what is now Friday, June the 10th, but we will be looking at the readings for this Sunday, June the 12th. My friends, wherever you are, whenever you are listening to this, I wish you God's grace. I wish you God's life. I wish you God's unity and God's dance today. Um, And so I (laughs) This feels so weird. I haven't talked to you in a week. And um, I've got to get used to this again. I hope that, again, this will will work for you. I think it'll work for me. It felt felt good to me to be able to have a little distance. And yet I look forward to uh, speaking with you. So what do we get? We get another feast day, and not just any feast day today. We get the Feast of the Holy Trinity. So here's the deal. You know this. We ended the last week, last Sunday, the Easter season with Pentecost, right? 50 days we celebrate. Well, the Catholic Church, in its wonderful wisdom, for whatever reason, says, hey, we just can't go right back to ordinary time, even though we do during the week. On the on the weekends, this weekend and next weekend, we're like, Hey, man, we got to work our way back. It's been, you know, 90 days of, of these extraordinary feast days and extraordinary times. Uh, we've just kind of, you know, got to wean ourselves back to ordinary times. So we do that with two feasts. This week, the Feast of the Blessed Trinity. And next week, the Feast of the Body and Blood of Christ. So, hey, nothing ordinary about what we're going to read today. As I did last week, my friends, I'm going to read two readings. I'm going to read the second reading today. So you know how I said usually it'll be the first reading in the gospel? Yeah, like right away, throw that idea out. I'm going to read the second reading today, which is going to be from Paul and his uh, letter to the Romans. It is uh, chapter 5, verses 1 to 5. And then we're going to read out of John's gospel, uh, John 16 verses 12 to 15. So they're both kind of short, uh, which is good because then we can talk a little bit about them. But let's just absorb the word, huh? Let's just absorb and see what God has for us. So I invite you, I invite me, just open our, our, our spirits, open our heads, open our hearts and say, Lord, come and find a home within me within, with your word and plant your, your seed, your life uh, within me. So let's break open God's word, my friends. A reading from Paul's letter to the Romans. Brothers and sisters, therefore, since we have been justified by faith and we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have gained access by faith to this grace in which we stand and we boast in hope for the glory of God. Not only that, but we even boast of our afflictions, knowing that affliction produces endurance, and endurance proven character, and proven character hope, and hope does not disappoint, because the love of God has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit that has been given to us. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Much to say there, huh? And uh, let's go to the gospel. Again, John 16, verses 12 to 15. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. Jesus said to his disciples, I have much more to tell you, 
but you cannot bear it now. But when he comes, the Spirit of truth, he will guide you to all truth. He will not speak on his own, but he will speak what he hears and will declare to you the things that are coming. He will glorify me because he will take from what is mine and declare it to you. Everything that the Father has is mine. For this reason I told you that he will take from what is mine and declare it to you. My friends, the Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Brothers and sisters, every year, I'll be honest with you, when I was, uh, you know, giving reflections and the bishop allowed me to do that, it seemed like every year uh, when we divided up the schedule between the deacons and myself and the priests, I would get the Feast of the Holy Trinity. And every year, it would be the one feast that I'm like, I don't want to preach on that weekend. Why? Because eyes glaze over. We think of birds and we think of a, an old guy sitting on a throne, you know, and Jesus to his right and a dove floating above it. And, and it's like, how do you preach on that? How do you preach on an idea? Because that, I mean, that's what this feast day is, brothers and sisters. And, and, and you know, we go back to our, our you know, uh, second grade, third grade catechism or whatever, and all of a sudden it's like our eyes glaze over and we think, man, I didn't understand it then. I'm not understanding any better now. <laughs> Welcome to the Feast of the Holy Trinity. Here's what I'm going to start with. And I mean this sincerely. This is not a rhetorical question. I want you to do this. And I, and I want you to pause the pod for just a moment if this will help, okay? Because I'm not going to pause. That doesn't make for good podcasting. When you think, it's going to be a two-part two question. When you think uh, of, well, let me ask it this way. Forget the, forget the first part. How have you experienced God in your life? How have you experienced God in your life? When was that? What did it look like? What was the circumstances? Who was there? What did it feel like? What did it sound like? What did it taste like? What did it look like? Um, how did you know it was God? That's re- those are real questions. Okay, let's bring it back. Let's bring it back. I hope you paused. Because brothers and sisters, your answers help uncover what the Trinity is. It's as simple as that. It really is. You know, um, bottom line is we know this. We know that there is only one God. It is the very nature, it is the very foundation of who we are as uh, believers in this monotheistic religion uh, who stand on the, on the shoulders, if that's, not, that's even kind of pejorative to say that, who walk alongside our Jewish brothers and sisters. I hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. And you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, right? It's the first commandment. The, the Shema. That's, that's, that's the center of everything, God. Yet, Christians have the audacity somehow to say, but, but there's more. 
there's this Jesus character and there's the spirit character. And, and in a sense, what we may think is, well, there's really three gods, okay? But, but there's not three gods, so we gotta, we got to call it one God, you know, because we know there's only one God. Brothers and sisters, forgive, forgive the, the trite example, okay? There's only water. We know that. We know that, but we know we experience water in, in different ways. We know that, that water uh, can be, you know, drank, and I can swim in it. But we know that water also can be frozen, and I can walk upon it and skate upon it, and I can put it in my glass. And we know that water also is steam, and it can uh, be used in my iron to get out my wrinkles, and it can open up my nasal passages when they're clogged. Um, and it can open up an envelope. <laughs> I, I mean, who really does that? But I guess they used to. Water doesn't change its essence, but we encounter it in different ways. But it's still one. Think of that idea with God. God, God, God is, there's not three essences, uh, but it's this, we, we experience God in these different ways that we encounter God in these different ways. Again, so I go back to that question, when did you experience God? Well, maybe it was you were sitting outside and you saw the sunset and you just felt God's great presence within you. Maybe it was walking through a forest or on a kayak early morning out on the water right? Think of the song, How Great Thou Art. Oh, Lord, my God, when I in awesome wonder consider all the worlds thy hands have made. I see the stars. I hear the rolling thunder. Thy power throughout the universe displayed. Then sings my soul, my Savior God to thee, how great thou art, how great thou art. We experience God's grandeur. We experience God's greatness within that nature. Every one of us, I suspect, have experienced God in that way. That's God the creator. That's, that's the God, uh, you know, that, that we think of perhaps, and, and hopefully not, but that creating God, that one who is that, that old man, let's say. Okay, get rid of that image. I don't even want to plant it in with you, but that God who creates. And we know that God was present to us in the person of Jesus Christ. And, and I won't go any further than last week's gospel, right? Where Philip said to, to Jesus, you know, uh, show us the Father and that will be enough for us. And, and Jesus says to him, Philip, have I been with you all these years and you do not understand? Um, if you have seen me, you have seen the Father. The Father and I are one. That, that, that this idea that, that God reaches out to the fringes and the margins, that God forgives, that, that the essence of who God is is forgiveness. The essence of who God is is, is life-giving, sacrificing love on behalf of the other. Brothers and sisters, if that indeed is true, if Jesus is that image 
of, of the Father, if Jesus and the Father are one, which, by the way, he doesn't just say in last week's gospel, he says here, for this reason that I've told you, that everything that the Father has is mine, that basically he's saying, we are one, we are one, and I give it to you. That that's a picture of who God is, and it was personified fully, what we call the incarnation in Jesus Christ. I, I mentioned it, I believe, last week, the first incarnation being Christian or being creation, the second one being Jesus Christ. Well, the third one is the one we celebrate last week, right? Where that spirit comes within us. That idea of the spirit it being poured forth. Now again, don't don't yell at me. This these are these are Paul's words. These are Jesus' words. These are the prophets' words I'm going to use. And, and really, Paul, gosh, that's two sentences. We can just kind of glaze over with Paul a lot. And Paul is so great. But, but I just want to take the last line. And hope does not disappoint. Because the love of God has been poured out into our hearts. Not just those in the Church of Rome that he was talking to 2,000 years ago. But into your and my heart. And hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit that has been given to us. Isn't that awesome? I mean, that's the best thing. Now, if you say, well, that's just Paul saying that. Jesus talked, I will not leave you orphans. Okay? I will not leave you without me. But I, if I go to the Father, I will send an advocate, and he will give, tell you the truth. He will lead you into all truth. That's what's happening within us. Jesus speaks of it. But not just them. Two of the major prophets, Jeremiah and Ezekiel, say virtually the same thing. Uh, that God, in God's great goodness, pointing to Jesus, will take from us our stony hearts and replace it with fleshy hearts. And the law will be written within and on our heart. And we will not have to go somewhere to find the law, but it will be written within us, and we will know it. Brothers and sisters, the point, I, I don't even want to say the point, because set aside the idea that you and I will ever figure out the Trinity. We will not. It is a mystery. Now, that doesn't mean it's a mystery, and so let's not even contemplate it. No. A mystery means, yes, let's contemplate it. Let's look at the richness and the fullness and the breadth and depth and height and length of God and contemplate that. But no, we will never, never exhaust it. We will never reach the bottom of that. But the essence of Trinity from where I'm sitting today brothers and sisters, is this idea of relationship, that it is dynamic. It is that flow that I've talked about before, right? It is that idea that this threeness of persons, this threeness of encountering God, that God in God's great goodness is not afraid to come at us in different and new ways. And God meets us in the present moment, in the present space, in the present time, in new ways. God won't just be old. God, God, brothers and sisters, God is not static. God, God is not uh, something to be figured out in a set of facts, but God is that love relationship because the essence of Trinity is this relationship and flow between the threeness. The Father and I are one. The Father and I are one. The Father and I are one. And what I have, I give to you. So I bring you into this flow. I bring you into this relationship. Brothers and sisters, and this is the other part that I suspect. I suspect this is the way that, that many of you answered that question. At least it's how I did it. And so I, I guess I'm projecting that onto you. But that idea that how have you experienced the love of God, I suspect most of us would have said, God is love. God is love. 
And when I have experienced that love, be it that love from my parents when I was growing up, that I knew I was, uh, no mistake, that I was sacred, that I was good, that I was desired, that I was loved, that I was blessed. Then I knew, I knew, even if I didn't call it God, I knew it was of God and it was good and it was holy. Brothers and sisters, even if, uh, you know, I, I have experienced that love, maybe not through my parents, but maybe I've experienced that love uh, in my spouse, who that spouse who loves me on days that maybe I'm deserving and loves me on days that maybe I'm not. And that I understand and have experienced that love. Uh, and I know that it is good and it is holy, brothers and sisters, that it is, uh, that it is more than simply an action between myself and my spouse. Um, and, or maybe that's not it. Maybe I've experienced it through the loyalty of, of a friend. Maybe I experienced that love through my children to the fact that there was nothing that I would do or, or no place I wouldn't go uh, if, on behalf of my children, even until the ends of the earth, even to the grave itself, if that would bring them life and bring them goodness. Brothers and sisters, where does that come from? That idea, that, that, that love we, we are a part of, that's that flow, that's that dynamic, relationship-centered idea. That's that spirit that has been, has been taken that stony heart from within us and, and, and been written on our hearts in that fleshy heart that God gives us, that place within us. And I want to use a, uh, a, a reading that, that Richard Rohr gave. Now, again, I, you know I love Richard, and so i got to go back to him. But um, this is what he says in a daily meditation just this last week. There is an inner reminder and an inner rememberer who holds together all the disparate and fragmented parts of our lives, who fills in all the gaps, who owns all the mistakes, who forgives all the failures, and who loves us into an ever deeper life. This is the job description of the Holy Spirit, who is the spring that wells up within us and unto eternal time. Brothers and sisters, when we have experienced that inner forgiveness, that, that grounding, that, that place where we have felt uh, not fragmented, but held together and, and even loved in the midst of our mistakes by our spouses, by our, our friends, by our children, by our parents, by our, our God, we know what love is. I mean, I think of that wonderful verse, again, where we point to part of this Trinity, where we knew the essence of, of the Trinity was in Jesus Christ, the essence of God, that, that fullness of God, that, that, you know, it happens in that Road to Emmaus story, right, in Luke, where on Resurrection Night, Easter Sunday night, they're getting out of Dodge. They go all the way, and this stranger comes up and starts explaining the scriptures to them. And they get to the end. They invite this stranger in, and they're breaking the bread, and they realize this is Jesus, and Jesus disappears from their sight. And they look at one another and say, how dumb were we, kind of slapping their heads on the, you know, their foreheads. How, how foolish were we? We knew it was him. We're not our hearts burning within us, Right? Brothers and sisters, whenever we experience that life, that, that burning sense that we know is God, maybe it's through a, a, a poem that we have heard or a song on the radio. Maybe it's through the loyalty of a, of a pet. Maybe it is through the, 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 the laughter 
that we experience with a, with a friend or our spouse or a loved one. Maybe it is through, you know, a, a, a letter that was sent to us or, or maybe it was the birth of a child or whatever it was. When our hearts burned within us, we were a part of that flow, brothers and sisters. And that is God not being static, not sitting in some kingdom far away, looking at us, judging at us, just watching and saying, what are they going to do now? But in a part of who we are, and we simply get to say yes or no. Do we wish to be a part of this? Is this what and who I am about and, and that I desire? Do I desire that? Brothers and sisters, any part of us um, that, that is part of that creating part, that sanctifying, made whole a part, that redeeming part, how we participate in, in the, the life flow of the Spirit. It is not a mystery to be figured out. It is not something that, that is merely facts in our head. It is relational. And we get to say yes to that relationship every day of our life and that relationship to love ourselves and allow God to love us in our mistakes, just as that roar reading said. And of course, my friends, if we're going to participate in that diverse circle and cycle of love, how do we bring others within it as well? How do we love them in the midst of who they are and invite them into that same dynamic? Brothers and sisters, that's the essence of the Trinity. And we encounter God not just in the sacred temples and holy places of our life, but we encounter God in the common and in the ordinary. And they are those sacred places where, where we take off our shoes because it's holy, because we see God not um, simply uh, in, in, the, in the, the wow you know, boy, that bush is burning over there in that burning bush, and I got to be a part of it. But, but we experience God in, in that bush, let's to use that example. And because we experience God, it takes on a whole new uh, light. It takes on a whole new uh, essence, right? What did Elizabeth Barrett Browning say? I'm going to say it poorly here. Forgive me, I don't have it up. But, but all of, of earth is infused with heaven. And, and those who see take off their, their, their shoes for they realize it is holy. The others just sit around eating blackberries. That's it. Brothers and sisters, I want to, I want to leave. How about I do this? I'm just going to leave you with a story, and it's one of my favorites. It's by Nikos Kazantzakis. Nikos is a Greek writer, wrote Zorba the Greek, wrote uh, The Last Temptation of Christ. And this parable is by Nikos, so it's not scriptural, it's by Nikos. And um, he puts these words in the mouth of Jesus in the book, The Last Temptation of Christ, and it's one of my favorites. And I think it helps explain how God is relational now, how God does not stay distant but is, and is not static, but meets us in this moment, in the essence of Trinity. And I want to I read that to you, and here's what it is. A man came up to Jesus and complained about the hiddenness of God. Rabbi, he said, I am an old man. During my whole life, I have always kept the commandments. Every year of my adult life, I went to Jerusalem and offered the prescribed sacrifices. 
Every night of my life, I have not retired to my bed without first saying my prayers. But I look at the stars and sometimes the mountains and wait. Wait for God to come so that I might see him. I have waited for years and years, but in vain. Why? Why? Mine is a great grievance, Rabbi. Why doesn't God show himself? Jesus smiled and responded gently. Once upon a time, there was a marble throne at the eastern gate of a great city. On this throne sat 3,000 kings. All of them called upon God to appear so that they might see him. But all went to their graves with their wishes unfulfilled. Then, when the kings had died, a pauper, barefooted and hungry, came and sat upon the throne. God, he whispered, the eyes of a human being cannot look directly at the sun, for they would be blinded. How then, omnipotent, can they look directly at you? Have pity, Lord. Temper your strength. Turn down your splendor so that I, who am poor and afflicted, may see you. Then, listen, old man, God became a piece of bread, a cup of cool water, a warm tunic, a hut, and in front of that hut, a woman nursing an infant. Thank you, Lord, the pauper whispered. You humbled yourself for my sake. You became bread water, a warm tunic, and a wife and a child in order that I might see you. And I did see you. I bow down and worship your beloved, many-faced face. My friends, our God does not stay distant. He does not um, stay in his ultimate grandeur because as that parable says, if we are to look into the eyes of the sun, if we are to look at God, we, we, would, we would be blinded. But God humbles God's self. God condescends to our, our level and comes to us as a cup of cold water, as a friend standing by us in our difficult moments, as a child holding us in our grief, as a mother's love, as a poem as a dog's cocked head, as the birds that wake us up in the morning and the crickets that, that put us to sleep at night. Brothers and sisters, God continues to be all around us for those who have eyes to see. We are invited into that dance, these diverse beings who are united in oneness. And we are invited to, to participate in that and invite others in. Brothers and sisters, this feast simply invites us to see God's presence within, around, and among us right now. And when we do, to take off our shoes and bow down and worship God's many-faced face. Let's pray. Now, last week, we, uh, during the Feast of the Pentecost, we prayed the third glorious mystery because that was the coming of the Spirit. So I'm just going to keep moving forward off of that. Hope that's okay. So let's begin in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. The fourth glorious mystery, the Assumption of Mary. 
Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus, holy Mary, mother of God. Pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus, holy Mary, mother of God. Pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus, holy Mary, mother of God. Pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus, holy Mary, mother of God. Pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus, holy Mary, mother of God. Pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus, holy Mary, mother of God. Pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus, holy Mary, mother of God. Pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus, holy Mary, mother of God. Pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus, holy Mary, mother of God. Pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. O my Jesus, forgive us our sins, save us from the fires of hell, lead all souls to heaven, especially those in most need of thy mercy. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen. My friends, have a wonderful Friday, a blessed weekend. Celebrate this feast day well, and may you and I next week always live within this dynamic relational flow of our God and bring it to those around us. Be well and God's peace.